WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hey, what is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Bring the Juice. Your guys, Cody, Derek here, joining us, friend of the show, Zach Boyd from the No Horsing Around Colts podcast as well. Zach, thanks for joining us here in the offseason, man. How are you doing? I, I'm just I'm just kind of recovering like all the rest of Colts Nation, um, but happy to get on here. I guess the best way to get out of your system is just talk Colts football, right? Um, so let's just uh, let's just try to forget this bad nightmare ever happened and, and move on to the next chapter uh, as life as it is as a Colts fan. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, you, by the title of this video, you know what we're going to be talking about. We did a video like this last year and actually blew up. It was one of our biggest videos to date. We're going to talk about the Colts 2022 free agents now. We're going to mention all the guys that are going to have their contract expire here this offseason. So we're going to talk about do we feel like the Colts should bring them back or move on from them? Now, I think for this one, that might be for certain positions, certain guys is going to be pretty clear cut. There's going to be some other guys, though, that we're kind of maybe going to disagree on, and that's totally fine in that department. So we will start here with the offense. We'll start with running back because running back is you know, a position right now that I think a lot of people would say it's not a need for this Colts team. The Colts brought back Marlon Mack, who was their leading rusher ever since being drafted in 2017. The Colts brought him back in a one-year deal, and he did not really see the field at all. It was really kind of a looking back on it guys, kind of a puzzling re-signing. You know, why did the Colts do that if they were just going to have him ride the bench? You know, I would do wonder if it was just insurance purposes in case JT got nicked up down the stretch or something along those lines, but regardless Marlon Mack is a free agent. Zach, we'll start with you man. What do you think? You think the Colts bring him back or do you think he's going to probably be a free agent and playing for a new team next year? Um, based on, you know, the the season wrapping press conference with Chris Ballard, seems like he's pretty happy with the three that he's got right now. Um, and like you mentioned earlier, we really didn't even see Marlon, you know, like that just, he was inactive for all of those games. Comes out early on that, that uh, he was given permission to be traded. Um, no trade ever comes about, and he just kind of sets on our roster and hangs out there. Um, I think going into the season, they had no idea that that Jonathan Taylor was going to blow up kind of the way that he did, um, and they wanted to have a nice veteran insurance policy, uh, but there was just really no room for him uh, as the season played along. So, now nah, I think I think Marlon Mack is probably going to be a free agent and nice guy. I hope somebody hopes hope he lands on his feet somewhere. 100% he will not be a Colt next year. Uh, it's a 100% guarantee. Uh, I mean, Marlon Mack said it, you know, he wanted out. He wanted out because, you know, I mean, you brought him back under the assumption that he was going to see some playtime, but then became a, a a healthy scratch at times uh, a lot throughout the season. You know, Marlon Mack is 26 years old, just coming off of a bad injury. You know, this is a guy that deserves a, a spot and deserves some more playing time. 
whether he's a starter or not doesn't really matter, but this guy is clearly good enough to be a second running back for half the teams in the NFL right now. And it sucks that he's on this team having to deal with that what he, the way he is now. I mean, that just shows you the greatness of Jonathan Taylor that, you know, Jonathan Taylor has completely taken over that room. Of course, the Colts would love to have him back because he's a great teammate. You know, that's exactly what you want in the locker room and in that group of guys. But Marlon Mack, he's going to want some playing time. Man. He's 26. You, you brought him back on a $2 million deal. Somebody's going to get him for cheap. Somebody's going to make him his, their second string running back. He's going to get a couple touches. He's going to get a couple touchdowns wherever he goes. He's going to be productive. So 100% guaranteed Marlon Mack is not going to be a Colt this next year. Um, yeah, I think I totally agree with you guys. I don't see really any scenario where Marlon Mack is back wearing the horseshoe. I mean, yeah, you're right. He deserves to go out somewhere and to get paid a little bit of money. You know, probably going to be on that prove it deal because of the injury history, that major injury. But I definitely think he's definitely worthy of getting a shot somewhere. You know, just kind of like Jacoby Brissett in a way, um, where he deserves a shot to prove that he can potentially be a starter, if not a really good backup for you. So. Yeah, Marlon Mack for sure. Yeah, let's uh, let's shift to Molly Cox here real quick. And uh, he's the only tight end on this list. Uh, obviously, an unrestricted free agent this year. Made three and a half million last year. You know, twenty eight years old. We obviously know the physical attributes that Molly Cox holds, but you know, there was talks of early in the season. You know, try to get Molly Cox involved and. Well, they tried to, but, you know, it just seemed like every time you tried to get him involved, it really just didn't seem like it was working. Zach, what do you think of the idea of bringing, uh, trying to bring Mo back? I don't think they necessarily are going to bring Mo back, honestly. Um, I think that Chris Ballard really wants an upgrade in that tight end room. Um, he and Frank really value, you know, having tight ends that can be versatile, block, catch passes. Mo is, is, is a different skill set. He's a little bit awkward when he's out there. Um, that doesn't mean that he doesn't ever make plays for us, uh, but he's just a little bit, you know, he, he's never found his groove. You know, he'll always have – it's kind of crazy. The last two seasons he's had a couple games where you look at him and you're like, oh, my gosh, is he going to take the next step here? Like he's, look, he's looking fantastic. And then you'll go five, six, seven weeks and not hear really anything from Mo. Um, I will say this, he was a very, very, um, he improved as a run blocker this year. Um, he did a lot of good stuff in, in my opinion there, but that being said, I still just don't think that we're going to prioritize him. And I think we actually will prioritize tight ends, um, this off season. See, for me, it really depends on what happens with Jack Doyle. Cause if Jack Doyle retires, I think you bring him back a hundred percent. If Jack Doyle elects to go for another year or something like that, then I think maybe you don't bring him back, you know, because I feel like Mo and Jack are both really, really good in the run blocking department, you know, and, and at some point, like if you had all, all these guys under contract or whatever, if Jack was under contract, then maybe you don't bring him back. But I don't know. I'm just kind of like, you want to have at least one of those guys who's really, really good at run blocking. So if Jack Doyle hangs it up or if he's not back with the Colts next year, they don't resign him. I think you bring back Mo personally, because He's, he's a lot more athletically gifted than Jack Doyle. He's not as consistent in the receiving game. But then again, you're probably going to address it, right? You're going to find a guy that's more of that receiving threat. So you still want a guy that can really uh, help out in that run blocking department. So I would probably bring him back if Jack Doyle retires or is gone after this season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Derek, do you take the next position here, the wide receivers? All right. Uh, first guy that we have to mention here, and that is uh, T.Y. Hilton. Uh, 32 years old, you know, the Colts brought him back. And, you know, they brought him back from everything that was going on. And it was mainly more of an Ursay thing that brought Hilton back. Originally, Ballard wasn't going to re-sign him. But then, you know, Ursay made that call and made it happen. This season, T.Y. Hilton, half the time on the injury report, the other half, just really didn't have a lot uh, of say in how the offense really went down. You know, Hilton had a couple of sparks here and there, but, you know, wasn't a very vocal part of the offense uh, throughout the whole season. So, I mean, Zach, what do you think here for T.Y. Hilton's sake? Yeah, I mean, I've played this over in my head, honestly, the last couple of days, and I can see maybe a small, narrow path to him coming back. If he wants to play one year in a limited veteran role, as you know, with the understanding that he's not going to be, you know, one of your first three guys out there, um, he's going to be in heavy, heavy pass situations, maybe on a on a veteran minimum type of deal. Um, other than that, I, I honestly, I think Ty retires. That's just that's just my thought. I think he's done with the game of football. Um, he's a slight frame guy. Um, and I think his body's had enough, um, personally, he could go play somewhere else, but I just don't see T.Y. really wanting to go play anywhere else. Um, and like you mentioned earlier, Derek, he was just a shell of who he was, you know, his whole career this year, even when he was on the field, very minimal production, um, just doesn't have that ability to really do what he's been doing. Um, that may have had to do with his connection with Carson Wentz. I don't know, but I, I think he's probably done in the NFL. If I had to guess, I think he actually retires. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I think he's going to retire. <laughs> and if he doesn't, you don't, I don't, I wouldn't bring him back. He wasn't productive. You know, it's weird how we said for years and years, Colts just got to find a compliment to T Y Hilton. Well, they finally did, and unfortunately, T.Y.'s body has kind of betrayed him at this point, you know, with the age and the injury stuff, and he just couldn't be that number two wide receiver to compliment Michael Pittman this year, and so I just think you got to move on. Yeah, I honestly do. I mean, when he had that injury halfway through the season, he almost retired then, right? So I do think he's probably going to take that route and retire, and if not, I mean, I'm still going to move on from I don't, you know, as much as I love T.Y. Hilton, I love T.Y. Hilton, you know? I have his jersey. I have a picture right here of T.Y. Hilton, the signed picture. Like, he's been one of my favorite Colts of all time. But, yeah, I think that it's run its course, you know, kind of like it was with Reggie Wayne. You know, you just kind of reach that point in your career where you can't do the things that you were doing. And, unfortunately, for T.Y., that's kind of, I think, right now 
where he's at. So, yeah, I don't really foresee him being a Colt really in any scenario potentially. Well, we know that he's going to be talking with Jack Doyle, who uh, was brought in at around the same time as him in the Colts, and he says he's his favorite teammate. They both said they were contemplating retirement. They said they would talk with each other about it, and they said that they expect that decision to come within a couple weeks. So we will probably know with those two's uh, career paths going forward before the free agency uh, market actually opens. So that'll be good to know. Uh, next receiver that we'll go into, uh, and that is Zach Pascal. Uh, Pascal, who we thought you know could potentially uh, make that leap again, you know, with Carson Wentz, and it looked like early in the season that was going to be the thing. But you know, throughout the season, it really just didn't. Uh, it didn't end the way it started for Zach Pascal. Uh, Zach, what are you thinking about Pascal here and getting another option? Uh, as far as Zach Pascal. I selfishly hope that he doesn't come back. I, I, I don't think he was very good this year. I think he was a little bit disconnected personally. Um, I know he's a great locker room guy. He has real value when you talk about a wide receiver that's willing to get his nose in there and block. There's no doubt about that. Um, but for this football team, I'm looking for an upgrade with wide receivers, better athletes, better route runners, just overall better wide receivers. So for me, I wouldn't bring them back. Um, Chris Ballard, I know Chris Ballard and Frank Reich absolutely love Zach Paschal and what he brings to the team. Um, but for me, regardless of who your quarterback is next year, I think you need an upgrade, and I would not spend my dollars on Zach Paschal. So I would actually disagree with you here because I feel like you could get him for cheap, and we all know how important depth is. I mean, we looked at the, the offensive line specifically this last year, so I think if you can bring back Zach Pascal, he already knows the system. He, you mentioned he's a really good run blocker. He sets the tone in that wide receiver room. You know, I think you bring him back with the understanding that he's probably not going to be number two or even number three. I honestly would be okay with bringing him back just because of his value and and downfield blocking. You know, we know how much the Colts like to run the football, so I could see him just being useful in that department. But maybe just cutting back on his playing time a little bit moving forward. Yeah, I mean, he was. Uh, I think it was the tender that he signed last year, three point three million. Obviously, only twenty seven years old, so you know, still a young guy, and you know, still some room to grow. But I think people often forget that you know Zach Pascal, outside of this year, you know, had five touchdowns for the Colts the previous two seasons uh, with the Colts, which is impressive enough. I mean, you think I think he was actually leading the Colts in touchdowns uh, throughout the year when it came to the wide receivers a couple times. So. You know, Pascal still with some quality there. Uh, the last two receivers that we have here is Courtney Davis and Ashton Doolin. Courtney Davis, who we know never really saw the field, but Ashton Doolin, who, you know, received some of those snaps in the absence of Paris Campbell. Uh, I'm going to let Cody start with this one because Ashton Doolin is Cody's guy. You know, <laughs> messed with me all yes. season about that. Um, <laughs> so, Cody, do you think? either one of these guys end up making the roster for this next year coming back. Yeah. I mean, I think Ashton Doolin does because of his value on special teams. And you mentioned he showed you a little bit in the receiving department this year. You know, he had a couple nice catches down the stretch and I was clamoring all year, get Ashton Doolin more snaps, get him more snaps because every time he steps on the field, he makes a play. So I don't know why the Colts didn't do that as much. You know, I'd like to see him continue to get more snaps, but yeah, I think out of both these guys, definitely Ashton Doolin is the one I would make a priority to bring back. And I don't think he's going to command a whole lot of money. He's 
You know, he's shown some value on special teams, obviously, but he's also now shown some value at wide receiver. And, and I would look into that a little bit more. He's still fairly young. Um, I think it's worth, you know, bringing him back and having him maybe be, you know, maybe the back end of the roster at wide receiver. But, you know, with the attrition of the NFL, you know, if slash when somebody goes down, Ashton Dillon can step up and give you a spark on offense that maybe you really need. So, yeah, I'd probably bring him back for sure. Courtney Davis, I mean, it is what it is. He's a practice squad player. Maybe you bring him back and just kind of see how it plays out in training camp. Maybe he's more of just a camp body or maybe he shows you something more. Who's to say right now? But I don't see any harm in bringing both these guys back because they're going to be probably both very cheap for you. Yeah, I'd say uh, Courtney Davis, one word, no. Um, moving on to Ashton Doolin, I think I'm a lot. I'm with Cody. I love, love, love me some Ashton Doolin. Honestly, um, he brings real value. Um, the 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 attention. It, it, Chris Ballard has really made a commitment to our special teams, that core special teams group, um, and it showed this year. I think our special teams were, were very, very good. Um, Ashton Doolin is a part of that, and he's a viable guy in a pinch if you have injuries that proved he can go out there and be more than just a special teamer. He didn't catch a football. Um, he can run some routes. He does those jet sweeps. Um, he has the ability to kind of, you know, beat some people over the top. So I don't mind bringing him back. I think he's going to be a fair price to bring back. And I think he is such a big major part of our special teams unit. Um, I would bring him back. And I also believe Chris Ballard will bring back Ashton Newell. Ironically enough, Courtney Davis this last year was actually making more money than Ashton Doolin, which is quite crazy to think about, given the fact that Ashton Doolin might have been the best special teams player in the NFL this season. Uh, yeah, Ashton Doolin deserves it. He's going to be 25 this year, you know, has the speed, you know, has the ability to take off the top of the defense and, you know, on special teams. That guy alone is worth a couple million in regards to how you handle that situation. So, Doolin, they're going to make it, I guarantee, their top priority to try to make sure he sticks around. Let's go to the offensive line here. We'll go with the uh, we'll go with the two uh, starters here. We'll go with the two starters on the offensive line, and then we'll kind of go into some of the depth pieces. So the two offensive linemen that are starters, Eric Fisher, the left tackle, and Mark Lewinsky, the right guard. Zach, what's your opinion on Fisher being brought back and Glowinski being brought back? So Fisher, I would be out on Fisher. Um, I don't think that Fisher really played very well um, in the passing game. He he actually tend to be a liability down the stretch. Um, I know that he's a Chris Ballard guy. I know that Chris Ballard has a connection with him. Um, but I would move on from him. I don't think there's really any reason to bring him back. I, I, I honestly feel like Pryor did just as good of a job, you know, in the little short role. Um, not to say anybody did great on the left side, but I think that's a position – we will actually have – I feel like it's a one-year contract. We're going to fill that spot with a void. I don't think we'll draft anybody there, but I would be out on Fisher. Uh, Glowinski actually played much better in the second half than he did in the first half, but I don't think they will bring him back. Um, I think that they're going to go roll with with like a Danny Pintner, you know, um, maybe even a Chris Reed on the cheap. Uh, I don't think that Glowinski gets – gets the nod and comes back unless it's a very, very, you know, Colts friendly deal. Um, it's good enough to start in the NFL. Um, I just think that we have places and spots on this team that we need to spend money on um, in particular, you know, probably could go out and find another edge. Definitely need to upgrade that wide receiver room, a veteran cornerback. And I just don't think Ballard's going to spend for Glowinski this time around. Cody. 
Yeah, definitely out on Eric Fisher. You all know my feelings on him. He was atrocious. He got benched in that last game, and that that kind of summarized his season right there. You know, just wasn't good enough in the critical moments and pass protection. I mean, you looked at how many times, you know, obviously it's a team game, but how many times Eric Fisher was the issue on offense, you know, in that Bucks game when he, you know, allowed that Carson Wentz to get strip sacked, and that really just destroyed your drive. He did that multiple times this year where he just – really struggled and looked like a, a shell of himself, you know, at left tackle. He's never been, like, elite, but he's he's had some really good years, and this year was not one of them. So I don't, I don't think you bring him back. I think you can find a lot better offensive linemen, you know, even on the free agent market besides Eric Fisher at this point. So I'm out on him. Mark Glowinski's interesting because, you know, you know, a couple of years ago, I thought he kind of struggled in 2019, but I think he's really started to improve the last two years. And so – He's getting up there in age a little bit. You know, you do wonder, like Zach, you pointed out, you had a good point. Like, all right, with with all the guys and all the positions you potentially need to upgrade in free agency, you know, can you afford to bring him back? I don't think he's going to command a whole lot of money personally. Now, maybe I could be completely wrong and some team just goes crazy for him. But I think the good thing about all your offensive linemen uh, for those reserve guys and Mark Glowinski in the interior is like, you can bring them back for pretty reasonable deals, I feel like. So I think Mark Glowinski... If the price is right, the Colts will bring him back because they really like him a whole lot. Um, so that's what I would personally do because, you know, how many times did we see, especially with the uncertainness around COVID right now, like you you can be one minute from, you know, half your offensive line being out and then you need some guys to step up. The depth is more important than anything right now, I think, in my opinion. So I, I would not be opposed to bringing Golinski back personally. Uh, for Eric Fisher – Unless it's team friendly, like I'm talking extreme team friendly, then I'm not wanting him back either. Uh, like I said, you could be the best run blocking left tackle in the game, which he's clearly not, but he's definitely a positive in that area. If you can't pass protect right now, and God knows if they give him another year, I mean, again, he's 31 years old. He's about to be 32 uh, by the end of next year. I mean, it's not like he's going to have more of his prime continuously coming and he's just coming off that ACL. I don't, or an Achilles. I don't know how he's going to respond. You know, I mean, I just think that you could find another left tackle out there that could fill that role. People have talked about Matt Pryor being that left tackle spot. You know, I don't know how much the Colts would entertain that idea. I mean, uh, Ballard has already shut down the idea of Nelson moving to that spot. Uh, so that's not happening. So, Fisher's got a lot of negotiating to do if he wants to stay on this team right now, as it should be. For Mark, I find it interesting with this piece because, you know, Mark Lewinsky's earnings last year was $5.5 million. Now, my guess is, is that either Glow or Reed is going to ask for a big payday, okay? I have a strong feeling one of them is going to ask for a ginormous payday because they're both just under 30 years old. They're both really good at what they do. Mark Lewinsky, maybe not as good as Chris Reed on the top end, but Glow does have that experience. And Glow is, you know, maybe sick and tired of being uh, overshadowed by the whole offensive line thing. Now, it could be flip-flop. Maybe Chris Reed gets a couple of different guys that, you know, start calling like, hey, we'll give you like $10 million for this next year to come and be our next uh, left guard. Like maybe something ridiculous like that and says, okay, I can't turn down that deal. You know, but one way or the other, Mark or Chris, I don't think is going to be on this roster going forward. I think somebody's going to get paid. But I think the great thing is either way, 
if you lose one of them, you're comfortable with it because then that money you don't pay them, you still feel confident in guys like Danny Pinter or Matt Pryor moving to the inside. You have that flexibility still on the inside of the offensive line that you feel comfortable with losing that contract. And you can always go get another guy on the cheap and fill that roster spot. Ballard did, for the most part, did very well on the interior of the offensive line getting guys like that. So that's no issue. But now let's talk about the depth pieces. Uh, let's talk about the tackles real quick. We already talked about Chris Reed. We all, I think we all can agree that if Chris Reed's going to, if Chris Reed doesn't demand a ton of money, everyone here thinks that he's a top priority bringing back. But let's talk about the tackles here. You have Sam Tevy, who obviously was injured at the beginning of the year because of an ACL. Uh, Julian Davenport, we all know the story on him. And Matt Pryor. So you have these three tackles. Uh, what, Zach, would you bring back any of these three? Um, I, I would. Um, I would bring back Pryor. Um, I think that he 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 was very representable, um, especially on the right side this year. Uh, proved to be a much better pass blocker. I think that was his real knock coming out of Philadelphia. That he was just not a very good athlete. He was just this behemoth of a man, um, and he never had any problem moving the pile. But from an athletic standpoint, um, people in Philadelphia acted like he wasn't a very good pass blocker. That's not what I saw this year. I, I saw a pretty consistent, a pretty solid guy, especially um, if you want to consider him being you know, first first man up off of the bench. I would go back and, and sign prior. Um, Tevy honestly probably wouldn't have still be on this team if he wouldn't have got the injury exception. You know, they had to keep him because of that. Um, Davenport is, I mean, T, totally terrible, in my opinion. Um, I don't think he should even be playing in the NFL. Um, Eldrin Camp, whatever. You know, bring him in as a camp body if you want to do something like that. But of that list, Pryor would be the one that I would target. Um, if I, you know, and obviously they have to like him. They traded for him. You know, they gave up a little bit of something for him, a little bit of compensation. Um, so I would think that of those reserves, Chris Reed and Pryor are probably two people. Um, and they kind of fit into that that niche of, of Chris Ballard, not paying a lot of money for a person who can play really good football for you. And when you're going to pay people up and down that offensive line, you're going to have to get some people with some true value. Um, and I think both of those are going to are going to come back, and then all the the rest are probably going to walk. Yeah, and two guys that can uh, have position flexibility, right? Yeah. You saw Chris Reed play left and right guard. You saw Matt Pryor play right right tackle, left tackle, right guard. So, yeah, I, I agree. Those are the two guys that I would even consider bringing back. The other guys I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole, if I'm being completely honest. They were all that bad. So, yeah, I mean, I think you found some depth pieces now. You can continue to add to that group, like you mentioned, Derek, and free agency and such, maybe later on in the draft, mid to late rounds or something, if you feel compelled to do so. But yeah, those are the two guys out of the reserves that I would bring back. Those Chris Reed and Matt Pryor, because then you have a little bit more depth and a little bit you feel a little bit better about where your offensive line is from you know potentially starting to also just reserve guys. I mean, you know, you're paying Sam Tevy two point five million last year. You're paying Davenport one point one. So you're paying these two guys three and a half million dollars. And one didn't play all year and was getting beat up in preseason by second and third stringers. And the other one just was getting absolutely manhandled by the Arizona Cardinals. And early in the season, too, was just getting destroyed by whoever the defensive ends were for the Seahawks. So, 
you know, I mean, you're, you're feel confident that getting rid of these two, keeping these two guys away, you could find another left tackle for $3 million that could probably fill the role slightly better than these guys. So yeah, that, that, that makes total sense. All right. Defensive wise. Now let's go to uh, the defensive line. We'll start with them and we'll start with the ends first. Uh, We'll start with these guys. So you got Alkudi Muhammad, who was just brought back last season on a team-friendly deal. Isaac Rochelle was brought in to be a camp body. He miraculously stuck around, and, you know, Balor was talking about nine guys, nine guys. Well, Isaac Rochelle rounded that out. You have Kamoko Ture, who, you know, at times looked like he was catching back up. Other times just disappeared. And then Taekwon Lewis, who was still having a phenomenal season before he blew his knee out in the Tennessee game. So, Zach, amongst these four players with Muhammad, Rochelle, Teray, and Lewis, who are you planning to try to bring back? Um, I would probably bring back uh, Al-Qadid Muhammad. Um, I think he's a solid football player. Um, he's certainly not going to be a flashy guy. The numbers are not going to be, you know, ultra, ultra high, but he's a sound football player. I like him more as a rotational piece, though. Like, if you have to start this guy um, – you're probably not very talented, at, you know, on the edge. Uh, but I definitely like him as a really good, you know, backup guy, especially if you have injuries in the season. Rochelle, I don't expect him to be signed back personally. Um, I just think I think money could be better spent. You know, we talked about it earlier in other positions. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe he ends up getting a you know a, a veteran minimum deal that he wants to come back and try try it again. Kamoko Ture. For me, just I haven't seen enough. You know, I mean, he's flashing in, 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 in small little windows. But for me, I just don't see Kamoko Turi ever turning out to be anything that we, we thought he was going to be before he had that horrific injury in that Kansas City football game, honestly. Um, Taekwon Lewis, I think Chris Ballard loves him some Taekwon Lewis, especially if you listen to that, you know, presser at the end of the season. He was really bummed that Taekwon Lewis, you know, and the way he got hurt this year, you know, you get that interception, you're running down the field, and you blow your knee out, and then you fumble the football, of all things. Um I do think that Lewis is not going to have a big market, um, which is a la Chris Ballard. You know, he loves getting guys on the cheap that he knows, uh, you know, can can still produce. I think Taekwon gets another shot to come back. Um, so of those, you know, two in, two out for me. I keep AQM. I'd probably keep Taekwon, and I would let Rochelle and Ture test the market and and just kind of let them go their way. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Um, I it sucks because you know, Ture has the talent, right? You've seen it. We've seen it, but yeah, I'm just kind of at this point, I'm kind of like, I'm done with the Kamoko Ture experiment unless it's a very, very team friendly deal. And he's very situational and pass rush. Even then it's, it, it's tough for me to justify bringing him back. But yeah, I think the other two guys you hundred percent bring back. I, I would bring back Al-Kadim Muhammad. He's, you know, like you said, Zach, presumably not to be your full-time starter, but to be a nice rotational piece. I mean, I thought he had a nice season, all things considered. He's not the most talented player in the world, but I think he plays hard and he's fundamentally sound, like he talked about. And then also, you know, Tyquan Lewis. I think he's a key part to this, what this defensive line likes to do. I mean, Chris Ballard said it. He said Tyquan was a huge loss for us down the stretch. So, and I, tip, I tend to agree. I mean, I thought he was having a great season for Indianapolis before he blew his knee out in that Tennessee game, like we mentioned. So, yeah, I bring back Tyquan Lewis. Um, it's just a shame that guys like Kamoko Turi didn't pan out because 
you know, maybe we're talking about a, a whole different story um, in this defensive end room right now. But right now, yeah, I think I don't bring him back. Um, so the only two guys I would bring back are the same guys that you said, Zach. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I mean, Taekwon Lewis, I mean, again, was having another good season before that injury. And, you know, I was just a freak injury. It really sucks because, you know, Taekwon has really shaped into the kind of player that the Colts were kind of hoping he would be. You know, maybe not production-wise, but he he's gotten that motivation to be the kind of player that they want him to be now. You know, we've been waiting for Ben Banigou to have that same reaction, but we haven't seen that yet. Al-Qadim Muhammad, again, just a couple of games every year, he flashes at times when you're just like, wow, I mean, he has two sacks again. You know, like he has those kinds of games. He had a couple of those this season. So you're right. I mean, Muhammad got signed for $3 million last year. I don't think that uh, – you would get he would get much higher than that to be honest and you know I mean if you're not going to bring Rochelle back who you paid two and a half for and Teray I mean getting one and a half as well I mean you know I think Teray somebody would uh, take the chance on a young defensive end like that maybe change of scenery would help him but obviously I know that's uh Robert Mathis's boy of course you know he's taking him under his wing a lot but I think it's just safe to say that the experiment with him this just after this season just proves again he's not making the climb. He's really not. And I think it's time to move on and try and find someone else. All right. Yeah. He, it's one yeah. it's one thing, man, with uh potential versus actual production. And and for, unfortunately Kamoko Turi's caught somewhere in the middle, you know, where it's like he's had a little bit of production, he's got all the talent in the world, but it just hasn't fully culminated itself after that injury. I do wonder if that injury just really impacted him as a player moving forward, because he's really never gotten back to that form he was at the beginning of 2019. So it's unfortunate, but you know, that's kind of the reality of the NFL. Unfortunately, it's like you know, they say NFL stands for not for long. If, if you don't produce, you're going to be gone. And and that's just the unfortunate reality of what I feel like is the truth here with Kamoko. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's move to the defensive tackles now. Three guys here on the list. Antoine Woods, who the Colts signed as a, a late training camp body, didn't really get a whole lot of snaps this year. Taylor Stallworth, uh, really a, a rejuvenated season for him this year. Uh, and Rob Windsor, who they drafted in the sixth round out of Penn State in 2020, uh, has just dealt with a ton of injuries and really just has been more of a training camp body. Uh, Zach, any of these three that you would play in for the Colts to try to bring back? 
Um, of those three, I think that Stallworth has probably earned another deal from us. Um, Ballard mentioned that he wants to have eight people in that rotation. Um, and I think I think Taylor Stallworth had a pretty good year, honestly. Um, I'll be one to admit, you know, when we did our – uh, you know our preseason stuff. I wasn't for sure that that Stallworth was going to be a part of this this Colts football team, honestly. But he just came on, um, showed a little bit of pop and, and movement as as far as getting some sacks on some quarterbacks late in the season as well. So proved to be a pretty good athlete. I would bring back Taylor Stallworth. Um, I don't think the market's going to dictate for him to have some crazy boom or anything like that. So I think he a good team friendly deal again. Um, I would, I'd probably wait and see with Antoine Woods. Like if you get to training camp and you need another body, I don't have a problem on a very bare bones minimum bringing Woods back, but I don't see that being a priority at all. And then Windsor, you mentioned earlier, just bodies just in, can't hardly hold up in the NFL. He's a little bit slight framed anyways. Um, so I would think Stallworth for sure would be a guy they would try to bring back the other two. I don't think I don't think it's one way or the other with Chris Ballard, and I certainly don't think Chris Ballard's going to be in any hurry to sign those two back, um, and he'll just let that play out. Yeah, Stallworth is certainly should be the priority in this group, a hundred percent. Because yeah, he he defied everybody's expectations. Everybody said, you know, we even were debating, you know, Taylor Stallworth or Antoine Woods before you know the fifty-three man cutdown. We were like, what? And some people were actually choosing Antoine Woods. Funny enough, and Taylor Stallworth just. I mean, he showed a lot more juice in terms of pass rush than we ever knew he had, you know, and, and that's a great thing. Um, I just love his energy, man, that, that Taylor Starworth plays with. I think he has just a great presence in that locker room, kind of being able to see him a little bit closer, talking to him a few times, being able to see him close up in like hard knocks and stuff. It's been really cool to see kind of his growth from when he came to the Colts um, early in the season in 2020 to where he is now. I think he's really starting to develop himself as a nice rotational piece behind Grover Stewart and behind DeForest Buckner. And he can even play a little three tech now because of how well he can rush the passer at certain moments. So yeah, I think I'm right there with you, Zach. I think Taylor Stahl was probably the only one that's a slam dunk to me right now that I would bring back. Yeah. I'll agree with you guys hundred percent on that. I mean, Stallworth, we've talked to him a couple of times over the last year and he's, he's a terrific guy. He seems to be, fitting into the the locker room really well and it seems to be paying off you know his uh I mean he had three and a half sacks this year which is almost as many as he had his first three seasons in the NFL altogether so you know he took that leap and now you're saying well okay so you need to keep the depth piece that took a leap up on what he used to provide you and now you know that he took that now let's see if he can get even higher and, you know, I mean, that's worth another contract for sure. Linebackers, uh, three of them to be exact. We got Matthew Adams. Everyone kind of knows who Matthew Adams is at this point. Mainly a uh, special teams guy, but, you know, has had some time in there before. Zaire Franklin, special teams captain. I mean, one of the captains of this football team for sure. And Sky Moore, who opted out of the 2020 season from before and then came back this year. More of a special teams guy once again. You know, you got a bunch of special teams guys here. The top end of the roster is, you know, safer right now. But right now you're looking at more of these guys who are special teams favorites. Uh, Zach, who, what are you thinking here for Zaire and Matthew? Uh, I think both of them come back, honestly. Um, I think Zaire um, – 
is a guy you mentioned that, that's just so big in our locker room. Chris Ballard loves this guy, loves this man, what he stands for. Um, not a, not an incredible athlete um, by any stretch of the imagination, but I would consider him in the category of just a solid football player. Um, he's certainly not going to flash and make all kinds of crazy plays. And then Matt Adams, I mean, he's a core special teamer, right? Like, I mean, he he provides so much value. You wouldn't think it would take a whole lot to sign him back. Um, Ballard does value special team play. And I, I, I think I think Zyra Franklin as well, these are guys that you're going to get and you're not going to break the bank, but you're still getting good play and good value out of these guys. So I think both of them, um, I see a path where both of them will be signed on the cheap, honestly. Yep. Agreed with you there, man. We're not having a lot of disagreements right now um, because I think these are pretty cut and dry. I'm wondering how it's going to go, you know, with corners and safeties and such and special teams. But yeah, I mean, I agree with you totally. Like, I think these guys are so invaluable at special teams. I've preached it so many times and the Colts have preached it so many times, the value of special teams and having good guys on there. And they seem like they have a really good core of special teams guys and bringing both these guys back just helps that out. And like you mentioned, you're not going to break the bank for them. So I think the value for the amount of money you're going to pay them, which is going to be not very much, is definitely makes them worth it to bring them both back. Matthew Adams, I see totally as a chance to come back. Uh, I don't think that there's going to be much of a chance that he doesn't. Uh, Zaire Franklin, for me, is a little bit of a wild card because this season he did get a chance to finally play some linebacker. You know, there's a couple of injuries here and there. You know, uh, late in the season when the uh, COVID stuff started hitting and Zaire and EJ Speed were the the backup guys. You know, the Colts sometimes had those three linebacker sets out there. Zaire and EJ Speed were the guys. And, you know, I mean, it's getting to a point I like Zaire Franklin. I really want him to stick around. But I'm also thinking he's getting paid less than a million dollars right now. He's 25 and a half years old. He's young. He's got potential. He's obviously a special teams captain. He has that going for him. And then, you know, where's who's it to say, you know, a team decides to say, hey, Zaire, we'll pay you $1.5 million to be our third linebacker on our roster where we can guarantee you'll get more defensive reps, right? So it's one of those things where I don't know if Ballard is going to stretch to the point of keeping Zaire Franklin around that much to where, you know, you're going to want to stretch it to where you're paying him multi-millions to keep him around. That's just one thing I think is that Zaire, I think amongst all of the guys that we've been talking about, is young, uh, also has that potential to grow more in a bigger system, which I, I'm i afraid. I think Zaire might potentially test something else. I honestly think he will because I don't think he's – going to get much higher than where he is now in this system because of the linebacker group that they have. He might think that there's some other place that gives him a better chance to be a starter one day. But what's the value for him, Derek, if I might ask? Right now in 2021, I mean, obviously what he was getting paid last year was 640000 I mean, he was getting paid for virtually nothing. He was the fourth lowest, uh, fourth lowest free agent mark of anyone on the team right now. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I just I don't see a scenario where the price gets driven up that high, though. That would be my only my only argument. Like, is someone really going to pay? Let's just throw a number out there. Is someone really going to pay him 
three years, $12 million to be a linebacker. No, no, I wouldn't even say that. I'm just talking like, you know, maybe a one-year deal or like a two-year deal worth like three, $4 million. I mean, even then that's still, that's still quadrupling what he's getting paid right now. And, you know, I mean, money talks. And also when you give that person an opportunity to say, Hey, you know, you're not going to progress in this Colts linebacker group. You're, you have a chance to do it here because we got some guys either on the way out or we're unsure, right? The Colts aren't unsure that they, and even so, I think EJ Speed in that one game he played, I think he goes to show you already that he's got more potential than Zaire Franklin at that spot. EJ Speed had nine tackles in that game against the Cardinals. I mean, he was, he was the best defensive player on the field for us at that time. Like, I mean, it's one of those things where, yeah, I just think Zaire is going to get lost in this group, and I just don't know if he wants to continuously getting paid $700,000 to just be a special teams body. I just don't think he wants to. I would think he's a special teams body, though. That's the thing. He's your captain, you know? Right. I think and I understand captain that. Back. You know, you're the captain of it, so it makes you think, you know, I'm up at that level, so I'm making it think to myself, if I'm at that level now here where I'm stuck at this one position right now, then what makes me think I can't go do it somewhere else, right? Like, you know, you have that going for me. You've called me the leader. Okay, well, I know I'm a leader. I'm going to go take my leadership to another group of guys that actually will let me use my talent in more places than just one. He would be a perfect middle linebacker. Like if his only responsibility was just to play downhill and he didn't have to cover, like the Colts expect their guys to cover. And you mentioned it earlier, EJ Speed. Like I probably, it wouldn't hurt my feelings at all, honestly, if EJ Speed started taking over for some of those snaps. I know that they don't really play the same exact role necessarily unless there's injuries, but if I want the more talented football player on the field, it's EJ Speed, personally. Right. I think he can make plays. I think he's longer. He's rangy. Um, and, you know, Zaire, you know, Derek has a great point. He might have kind of a situation like an like an Anthony Walker, you know what I mean, where he thinks, you know, hey, I, I, need, I need a bigger role. I need to be shown, um, you know, what I can do on the field and kind of, you know, get the best value I can. I'm in the middle of my career and this might be the one time I can cash all of my chips in. So it's a very good argument, something to think about. I would say this though, there's a, there's a cap. I think Ballard only goes so high with him and then he does just let him move on. Um, that'll be, that'll be interesting. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. That's, that's one of the first disagreements we actually had amongst each other there for the rest of this list. So that was good. Um, all right, let's go to corners. Uh, three corners on this list. Uh, Xavier Rhodes, we all know, brought back from last year because of the great 2020 that he had. Uh, TJ Carey as well on that list. And Nick Nelson, who is also a uh, training camp body, uh, practice squad guy. Uh, Zach, Rhodes, Carey, Nelson, who's, who do the Colts make a priority? I, I'm bringing back none of those guys. If, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm Chris Ballard, honestly, um, TJ Carey, um, clearly took a step back. He had a really bad injury early on, you know, and I, I don't know if he ever recovered from that. Um, like you mentioned, Nelson camp body Xavier Rhodes. I think it's just one of those guys that 
I just don't think his body's going to be able to hold up moving forward. Um, and, you know, in a world where we always criticize guys for not toughing it out, I've always hated being critical on Xavier because I think he was one of the few guys on this football team that would play no matter what. And literally, you could just tell by his facial expressions, was just disgusted when he had to get taken out of games. Like he wanted to compete. He wanted to play football. Um, so I've always hated, you know, going against Xavier uh, because I feel like he's a true competitor. But I just think football for him, his his best days are, are far gone now. Um, he really struggled in coverage. And I know he had a terrible, you know, groin hamstring-ish you know, injury early on in the season um, that might have hampered him. Uh, but he just – I don't think his body holds up. And I just don't see a scenario where Chris Ballard says, hey – you know, we you, know, you got Rodgers, you got Rock, you know, you've got Kenny Moore, you've got some guys out there, some younger players that seem to play pretty well, you know. Um, so I think we move on honestly from all three of those guys. Yeah, the only guy I could see potentially bringing back is TJ Carey just for depth purposes because he can also play some free safety for you. But yeah, I mean, I honestly think if you're if you're asking me today, do the Colts bring back any of these players? I'd probably say no. But the only guy that I think would be potentially would be TJ Carey. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're paying, you paid Xavier Rhodes over four and a half million dollars last year to come back. There's plenty of veteran corners in this league that you can bring in for less than that and probably get close to the same production. Uh, you know, I mean, no offense to Xavier Rhodes, like Zach said, he's a true competitor. I mean, he's built a name off that. He's one of the most aggressive corners off the line that you'll ever see. Well, you're right. He's going to be he's going to be 32 years old when the time this season starts. Same with TJ Carey. You know, these two are definitely hobbled with injuries, and it continues to happen every year. You know, it just doesn't seem like it's going to get better. I'm with Cody on what he said. You know, Carey only for the sake that you potentially could have him be as a free safety at times as potential safety depth. So that would probably be the only reason. I, I mean, you could easily go and either draft another corner late. I mean, you had success with Isaiah Rogers. You did it with him, and you let's see what he's doing now. I mean, he's your clear number uh, two corner right now, so that's that's a great thing from that. I mean, you just feel confident with Rock, Isaiah, and Kenny going forward that now all you're doing is just adding depth, and I think the Colts can do that uh, in a couple different ways and save a, maybe a million or two and help. Uh, now let's go to the safeties because we were mentioning that. Uh, two of them that played a huge role this year. Uh, we know that Kari Willis was out for an extended period of time with injuries and had COVID. And we know that Julian Blackman midway through the season was out. That was obviously a huge loss for the Colts. Uh, so we have George Odom and Andrew Sandejo. Zach, curious to know your thoughts on these two guys here. So George Odom, I would bring back. Um, I think he's great for the community. I think he's great for the team. And, and not just that, I think he's actually talented. Um, I think he has special teams value, obviously depth value. Um, in a pinch, when you bring out George Odom, um, he's more than just a body. He can actually make some plays. I'm willing to hit people um, in his role. Sendejo, for me, I'm a little 50-50 on him only because – a, he's he's a pretty old guy. You know, he's he's aging, he's getting older, and I think he's actually really, really limited in coverage. Um, he's probably responsible for 
more hat throwings for me this year than anybody. Honestly, I just picked, took my hat off, threw it on the ground, watching him in coverage. He busted coverage several times, honestly. Um, but that being said, um, if you want to play him in a box, um, he is unique. I mean, he's willing to hit people. He's willing to come up and make plays, get his nose in there. Um, he could be a depth signing. It's certainly not a guy who, if I'm Chris Ballard, I'm saying, hey, I got this this list and this priority list of my own guys. He's definitely not at the top of that list for me. Um, if he goes through the whole thing and gets around training camp and you need another veteran to bring in, um, say Blackman's not really you know, recovering as fast as they thought, I wouldn't have a problem with him signing him for a veteran minimum. But George Odom I would bring back, and I think he's probably due for a little bit of a pay raise this year. Um, I think he, he's earned that. Um, I know he was a little bit disappointed based on some of his tweets last offseason. Um, that he wanted to get a little bit better paycheck. And I think he's probably earned that. Um, he's not a starter, but he's definitely a guy that's going to see some action every single year due to injuries and depth. So, yeah, George Odom, yes. And Dejo, I'm probably out on him. Yeah, it's funny, Derek. I, I, I would have made this argument a lot more for George Odom, the argument you were making for Zaire Franklin, because, yeah, he, he obviously has shown that he feels like he deserves more of a role. I feel like he obviously does as well. He showed that again this year. So I think he definitely deserves, like you said, Zach, a pay raise of some sort. Um, I do I do think he's a priority to bring back for sure because, you know, you need depth at safety and you need a guy on special teams who made the Pro Bowl last year for special teams. So and it was, I think he was an all-pro too, if I'm not mistaken. So um, you got to bring both those guys back. I think you got to bring him back for sure. Um, I wouldn't bring back Sandejo personally because – like you said, he he's very limited. He's older. He got injured. You know, he, he's a big hitter. I think that's the big thing, you know, you weigh is like he he kind of made some big hits in that New England game especially. But you do wonder, okay, can you get a guy that's a lot cheaper and a lot younger that can maybe do a similar thing um, maybe later in the draft or whatever it is, maybe in free agency as well. So I'd say yes to Odom and probably out on Sendejo. Yeah, I didn't even realize that Sandejo's 34 years old. He's going to be 35 when the season starts. That's insane. I don't know if I've ever seen a 35-year-old safety in the NFL ever. I don't know if that's just me. But, like, yeah, I, I, I'm surprised. He He's way older than any of the free agents on the market for us. Way older. I mean, T.Y. Hilton's 32 and a half, and Sandejo has him by over two years. I mean, it's insane. I mean, that's quite crazy because I didn't even realize that. But you're right. Like Sandejo, for me, I liked what he was doing towards the end of the year. I thought he was getting better. And, of course, he seemed like to be the one of the only few guys that was not afraid to absolutely just destroy somebody on the football field, which I kind of enjoyed. It was a little bit more of a reassurance for me that there was somebody out there actually trying to impose their will when sometimes this defense just didn't do it. So, but you're right. Like, you know, can you – find a safety that's seven years younger for the same price that'll do the same thing. I mean, I'm sure you could. Uh, and George Odom, yeah, I mean, Cody, I was going to mention make that same argument. You know, it's not, it, it's he should be absolutely a priority that you have to bring back. Absolute 100% priority. If there's anyone on the safety market that you're going to go for, George Odom is the guy that you need to make sure you bring back because of everything he does. The only issue is, is he knows – He's going to have a little more leverage this year than what he did last year. He played half a season at safety. A lot of times that he played really well. Played in that Buffalo Bills game, that man almost had four interceptions. 
I mean, he had a phenomenal game against the Bills, who just murdered the Patriots on live television the other day. So, you know, George Odom, 28 years old, you know, you got him for $2 million last year. You know, obviously wasn't happy with how the uh, with how contract negotiations went for him last season, but played through the season anyway. And, you know, I think he's improved his uh, stock a lot with what's been going on. So, you know, is there another team that, you know, potentially wants to make him, you know, I, I don't know. I don't think it's the issue of the place he's at. I don't think he minds being a backup. I don't think that's his issue. I think it's just the fact of the money. That's the thing for him. And who knows? Is there a team that's going to pay him, you know, four or five million dollars to be a backup safety? I don't know. Maybe one team will that doesn't have a lot of clarity at who their safety is going to be in the future. I have no idea. That'll be one to monitor because, you know, George Odom was really good this year. So. All right, last guy that we have here, last free agent of the group, and that is uh, – and Cody, why don't you please say his last name for me because you remind me. I messed it up before. I don't want to mess yeah. it up again and get and trigger people. Uh, Michael so, Badgley would be the name. Michael Badgley. There we go. Because you, you got you told me I said it wrong before, and I didn't want to <laughs> mess it up again. No. So <laughs> obviously we've been talking about it. You know, They asked a few times in Ballard's presser, you know, who's going to be the – uh, starting kicker going forward, whether it's going to be Hot Rod or Badgley. You know, Zach, I mean, would you bring Badgley back for this? I know that they talk about competition at that role, but for me personally, I, I just don't know why you would why you would even invest any kind of money into a kicker when you know you have one that's already serviceable. Yeah, I'm I'm probably with you as well. I, I would not sign him back. Um, unless, you know, I, I know Ballard really wanted, you know, when he brought Panero in last offseason, he wanted to really have that competition. And he I think he just more than anything wanted to send a message to Hot Rod, like, hey, this is like this is not your job. You gotta go out there and earn this job. Um, and I think things could be said for both kickers. I think Badgley started off pretty hot, but he's limited as well. Like when you get him to kicking in that 50 yard range, um, it's not nearly as accurate um, as, as, as and at the end of the season, he really kind of fell off. He started missing some field goals. Um, he certainly didn't do enough for me to say, yeah, you got to bring this guy back. Um, hot rod. I don't know that he's going to be the answer moving forward. I think Chris Ballard, in the back of his mind, I don't think he trusts him in big moments. Um, I think he's he's had a few moments where he's let us down. Obviously, he had that injury, and you hate to blame a guy and kick them while they're down when they're when they're injured. But you know, if he makes a he makes an extra point in that Baltimore game. Well, we're playing this weekend, regardless of what happened in that meltdown over over you know the last two weeks. We're playing this weekend if he just if he just makes an extra point. Um, so for me. I actually don't think we will bring him back, and I'm not sure that Hot Rod will be our day one kicker next year either. I think he'll bring another guy in. Um, he's going to kind of scour that, and he's going to get that position right uh, moving forward. See, I, I would bring him back because you what are you going to you're paying nothing, you know, and it's just adding competition, you know. So I have no issue with that, you know, having them duel it out, and if you bring in a third kicker, so be it, you know, and you just figure that out as you go in training camp. I, I don't have an issue. I thought he. You know, he played well enough down the, you know, at certain points where the Colts felt comfortable not activating Hot Rod off of IR. So I feel like there's something in there that you need to just 
look into. You know, he wasn't perfect. He, he was okay. So I would bring him back for literally nothing and just let them compete it out um, in, you know, training camp and such and and just go from there. Yeah, I just don't want to have to pay Badgley a million dollars to figure that out. You know, like that extra million could be invested into going to somebody else at a more important, pivotal situation for the Colts right now. But yeah, I mean, I would like to have Badgley around because, yeah, having that competition for Hot Rod and all that would definitely uh, make a big uh, splash for them. And it would be helpful to figure out who's actually going to be the one. You know, Hot Rod's got the bigger leg. He's just been more inconsistent. The only issue with Badgley is that, yeah, he was more accurate, but, you know, the further away you got from uh, the goalposts, the less he shined, and he showed you he kind of doesn't have quite the leg that Hot Rod does. So, and, you know, like, I, I, I don't like the the comparison of he doesn't have a clutch moment. He hit the 54-yard field goal that won us the game against Green Bay uh, two years ago. You know, it's like, I, I know that inconsistency, that's definitely the problem. And that's the problem with the Colts team in general, is that they just seem to be inconsistent all the freaking time. But, I mean, it, you know, when Hot Rod wants to kick a 55-yard field goal, I'm confident it's going to get there. You know, I'm confident that he's going to make it. Uh, but at the end of the day, I just don't know if I can trust that with Badgley. I just don't know. I think that you know, kind of double down on on, on the Badgley and the and the in the hot rod thing was that I don't think either one of them have done enough to just like clearly go take the job. So yeah, either way, you know, I think I think that competition will be healthy, um, and I'm for healthy competition moving in. I thought Panera was actually that was a good decision for Ballard to bring him in, you know, in the off season. Um, that's my that's my two cents, my shameless plug for uh for our kickers this year. All right. Well, I think that's gonna do it for the free agents for the Indianapolis Colts and who we think we would bring back or would let walk. Uh obviously this offseason is gonna be uh very pivotal and there's a ton of guys that the Colts have to adjust for. So uh obviously gonna be a long offseason in the weights for you guys. So thank you guys so much for the continued support. Let us know what you thought in the comments. And as always, go Colts. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.